Hello and welcome back to the Diaries of a Lady Gardener podcast, hosted by me, the Lady Gardener. I am so happy to be back chatting to lots of lovely plant-obsessed people about their stories. From flower farmers and allotmenters to some of the greatest garden gurus, listen to us chat about the things we've done in the name of plants, from our biggest achievements to our fabulous garden fails. This season is sponsored by Mole Valley Farmers, who are all about keeping your garden tidy this autumn. Visit them in stores across the UK or at moleonline.com between now and the 26th of October to make the most of their fantastic offers. You'll find discounts on items like wheelbarrows, lawn seed and bulbs ready to plant for spring colour. So head over to check out these items and many more. In this episode, I chatted to Lee, otherwise known as Beardy Gardener, who I got the pleasure of meeting earlier this year at Hampton Court Palace. We had such a buzz of excitement when we met each other and even ended up on stage together. So I was really excited to have him on the podcast. This episode started off with Lee sharing some of his very personal experiences of how the garden helped him through his younger years, which led to the giving garden concept. And then the episode ended up as a bit of a garden brainstorm on how we can inspire and make it more accessible for people to get into gardening. If you've got any thoughts you'd like to share from our brainstorm where we got a little bit too excited at the end, please do get in touch. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, wonderful to be here. A privilege, honour to be with you. Thank you. Well, it's lovely to see you. Well, not in real life again, but uh, over the Zoom. I know, but we have we have now met in real life, which uh, is wonderful and a joyous moment, which you might talk about. It really was, and we will talk about that later. Um, what we're going to go into first off is where your gardening journey began. So, like, take us right back to the beginning of when you found a love for plants. Mm. I've been thinking a lot about this recently as people ask me that question and I've, and I've done a few blogs recently and stuff and I've sort of really thought about where that has come from now. I sort of say that it was primary school. I went to a really, really um, great primary school. So I grew up in Kent in a um, rural village, actually. And I went to a, a rural primary school that had about sort of 50 kids and it was sort of at the bottom of the North Downs. So the North Downs was sort of the almost the, almost the extended playground of the of the of the school, and the head teacher, uh, Mr. Baldock, God bless him, um, he used to wear the the uniform of the primary of the primary school with us. Amazing! <laughs> uh, what an inspiration! Uh, he would take us up to the North Downs, and we we'd do egg rolling. I don't know if you've ever come across egg rolling before. <laughs> it's, something you do, it's something you do at Easter, yes. Yeah, so you 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 paint a hard boiled egg in like a decorative colour or whatever you do a design on it and you climb a hill and it's almost like cheese rolling and you throw it and you roll you roll you run after it and whoever gets to the bottom first wins and that was something we did every year so we were always out in nature like that we built there was like a a big wood that we built camps in um and the school was just down the road from my grandmother's and she had a fairly big garden that was pretty much a, a secret world and an escape and a place where I could um, chill out, um, hang out, um, explore growing with her. She had three or four old apple trees. She had lots of fruit. She had gooseberries. It was the first time I've ever tried a gooseberry. Oh, um, and and I used to do loads of, of sort of odd gardening jobs with her while I was at primary school. And that's where it started from, really. And that that was the love of it. It's not just gardening, but it's about nature and being outdoors generally. Um, that 
and I think, yeah, I think that's where I got the buzz. And then that sort of disappeared a bit, actually, as you know, you you become a teenager and you and you're exploring that, and then you go to uni, and then you're trying to find a job, and then only during COVID did I then refine my passion for plants and gardening. As I think a lot of people did actually, mm. the amount of people that I've asked this question to that I think a lot of people have memories as a child of being out in the garden and doing those gardening things but like you say you, you become a teenager and suddenly it's like not interesting anymore and, it's no. and you don't want to be involved in that because you want to go and play with your friends and do all the other stuff that is involved yeah. in growing up but it's so nice that so many people have found it again but yeah. not necessarily at retirement age we've, no. we've all had a bit of a, a golden ticket yeah we, we absolutely have and i do i do think and again we might talk about this but social media has a big part to play there we can talk about positives and negatives of social media um but i think you know as a teenager you know my it was it was very much oh i don't i need to know loads of latin names or i need to know about this, the, the life cycle of every single plant and i felt like it was completely um uh i couldn't access it, it you know it's inaccessible to me um at that stage and yeah, it was almost that sort of forced isolation that mm -hmm. we had during COVID. And the fact that we could just explore our own outdoor spaces at our own pace, that really sort of went, something clicked. And I think you're right, it did for loads and loads of people. And I get lots of messages still about how COVID was the real sort of starting firing gun for people's gardening journey. Definitely. And you know what? I think that the people who didn't start gardening in COVID, not everyone, obviously, but of quite a large proportion, are now getting into it because their friends who got into gardening in COVID times have yeah. then kind of convinced them into it. Like I've, I just had a message yesterday from someone whose boyfriend has messaged me asking how to get an allotment at our allotment site, and oh. we're like a month on, and they've just got their allotment, and they're absolutely buzzing. But they found it through a friend of theirs that had started showing their gardening on Instagram, and it yep. just kind of spiraled. So, absolutely, and I, I, I've had loads and loads of. Um, friends and, and, and people go oh um, you know not just to the giving garden stuff that I've done but also you know that see me dancing around and go oh, actually hang on a minute he's, he's got some really nice sunflowers in the back back there I want to grow sunflowers for my for my daughter you know she's now of an age where she can understand how to do that how, how do you get started and I've had I've had similar messages which is really lovely mm -hmm. really inspiring and it and I think we are you know as a whole community really opening it up to a wide um, a wider group of people Definitely. And like you say, it's not about knowing everything and being no. a horticultural genius. It's about just giving something a go. And if it fails, it fails and we'll still talk about it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the, the, the same for the work I do in mental health, you know, because it's like there, there was and it's got a lot better now. But, you know, 10 years ago, this sort of I don't understand what mental health is. I don't understand how to talk about it. I won't talk about it. I don't understand the language. It's really alien to me. But actually, once you, someone starts to have those conversations and showcase that a bit differently or talk about it in a, in a new way, it starts to simmer and fizzle. And then lots of people start to open up, get on board. And then suddenly it becomes, it becomes really, really accessible. And I think that's how the two things for me, gardening and mental health, have really linked in the last few years and, and, you know, and got me really excited, actually, about the work I do. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell me a little bit, if you don't mind, about your kind of personal experiences with mental health and gardening? So, yeah, um, yes, I, I talk about talk about this a lot. Um, so when I was, this links back to grandma, actually, um, when I was growing up, when I was about, 
think I was year seven, I would say, year six, seven. Um, my, well, my mum started drinking. So I grew up with an alcoholic mum. She started drinking a bit for various reasons. Um, and then my dad left. And then but I had two younger sisters as well. So when I was sort of year seven, my sisters were like one um, and, and, and under. So I've got two younger sisters. So then I had to sort of look after them um, for quite a lot of the time while mum was, you know, um, doing what she was doing. Um, and that brought with it lots of childhood trauma, lots of um, anxiety, you know, depression. Not that I knew about that at the time. I didn't actually understand what was going on. Um, and that's sort of where the, the poor mental health started for me. Grandma's garden was an escape. So actually that, that's a big part of my, um, was a big part of my coping mechanism at the time. Again, I didn't necessarily know that that's what it was. But I was able to go and escape there and, and, and be on my own in the garden and, or, or lay a brick path through the woodland or whatever it was and just sort of gather my thoughts a bit. Um, and that happened, you know, I had, I had a challenging period until I went to uni. So uni for me, I was, I was 20. So from about, what's that, sort of 11, 12 to 20, there was a period where things were really bad at home. Things were really tough. Dad left, my sisters stayed, but then, then, then my dad had custody of my two younger sisters. I was old enough where I didn't, didn't have to go with my dad, so I chose to stay with my mum. I looked after my mum while she was going through all of her uh, problems and then the rehab, and then she fell off the wagon again. So, so there, there was, and we had you know, evictions, money problems. It was a real, real tough time. Um, but, so, I, so I made the decision, I, you know, I, was, I wanted to be an actor, and I auditioned for... Um, drama schools I got into a couple but actually realized that I actually didn't want to actually be an actor in that sense I wanted to use theatre a bit more in the community if you will and with real people rather than necessarily performing Broadway shows or or, or in, in films and things I had that dream once but um but I'd, I'd been almost <coughs> guided by youth theatres when I was at school so doing an after school youth theatre and this might link into after school clubs, which we can talk about maybe. But I think after school clubs are vital because it allowed me to get out of the house for a longer period of time. So I didn't have to be with mum as, hard, as, as, as sad as that sounds. It, for me, I was able to get out and be somewhere different, meet new people, do something different. And that's what after school drama did. So, yeah, so I auditioned for, for drama schools, didn't get in, was sort of bumbling around, didn't know what to do. And then was like, I need to get out. I need to break that chain. I need to go and, and do something different and do something with my life. Studied drama at the University of Winchester, and, and that, that was the start of my um, acceptance of what had happened, because I did a show about my own mental health and mum at university in the second year, an mm -hmm. uh, uh, autobiographical show, and through doing that, I sort of then was able, there's a moment at the end of the show where I stand up in front of an audience and, and say, my name's Liam, my mum's a recovering alcoholic. I would have never have said that. Um, growing up but I was trying to hide it I didn't want anyone to know but now it's become almost who I am in a way so I've taken ownership of that and then yeah and, and moving away and, and, uh, and it was, was sort of the best thing I did really because I was able to look back at it rather than be stuck in it mm -hmm. um I've waffled on there a bit but yes but that's that's the sort of journey and, and you know um what you know being in recovery from any addiction it's it's an ongoing process you'll never be cured of your addiction it's about managing it so we always know that one day mum even though she's been clean and sober now for seven eight years um she might have a drink tomorrow so so it's it's about and that also 
that that's also a challenge with my mental health is understanding and accepting that so it's a long burn and a long process but but yeah so so there's everything gone in there there's a bit of theater a bit of the gardening to help and, and a bit of the story so that's sort of my background really yeah and do you find that the gardening still now kind of helps you to regulate overall because i i find for me that's definitely like if i'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed out or just not coping with something mm -hmm. I like to go to the garden because it either clears my brain completely or it at least quietens. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's all. It's it's exactly what I am about these days. I mean, even just stepping outside and, and feeling the air, um, taking a breath, just resets for me. Um, if, if we're going to think deeper, it's about you know me about observing. I think I think observing is a really important skill for gardeners it's something we do all the time we're always observing the natural world and actually observing and taking notice is a one of the five steps to well-being actually it's one of the ways that we can become um have a healthier brain basically by just being in the moment and absorbing what's going on there and then and that's really important for me when i'm trying to um, ground myself again and reconnect and reset um just going outside and you know, i'm looking now at the virginia creeper's got a few leaves left um, and just actually looking at that and then seeing one fall or whatever is, is, is just a, a moment that just changes the mindset and just shifts something in your head a minute. And that's all it needs, really, just to sort of refocus and, 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 and reconnect. Definitely. I, I think it gives you a lot of hope, even at the end mm. of the season when you're clearing and preparing for the year ahead and you're getting excited through to when things start popping through and it's kind of that there's something greater at work here. That, that, that's us. exactly exactly it actually it's, it, it, it puts I, I sometimes you need when you go outside and you look up at the stars and you think wow I, I, i'm i'm there is so much there's something so much bigger out here than me and actually that sounds a bit scary but actually it's quite comforting mm -hmm. that that idea that you're part of something that is that is huge and and moving and alive and vivid and 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 for me, that's that is really that's a nice thought that that you're part of this natural world, um, and you're seeing the life cycles literally happening in front of your eyes in the garden. You know, this time of year for me is always quite challenging as, as winter sets in. And I mm -hmm. did a post yesterday actually about about or a couple of days ago about how tough I, I do find. You know, now it gets dark at was it twenty to five I think or something, <laughs> now. Um, and it's and it really affects my mood. Um, but it's a but it's about looking forward. Because spring will always come. Spring, and lots of people have said that on the post. You know, spring will always come. Always thinking ahead to spring. Mm -hmm. and that also helps you focus your thoughts as well. Definitely. I actually love this time of year. I was saying probably a couple of weeks ago now, I get to this time of year and I go one of two ways. Even mm. ha either have allotment fatigue, mm. where my renewal was literally yesterday for my right. allotment. And like for a couple of years, it would get to this time of year. And I'd go, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm mm. tired of it. I'm, like, it's doing my nothing. It's stressing me out. Mm. And then I'd get over it like a month later because I'd always pay the fee just in mm. case. And I'd get over it and I'd be excited again. But this year, I haven't had the fatigue. I'm just excited. That's Mainly good. because I've not been at the allotment all year. Uh, Too busy. Uh, let, let me ask you a question. Because um, I don't have an allotment, actually. And it, it's, it's, I, I see lots of people that do have allotments. That I, I feel that there's this, this sort of... Um, there's this sort of battle going on about making the allotment as productive as it can be, but also in the time you've got, not being able to do everything at once and not being able to, how do you, how, is that, is that a sort of, is, is that, is that what you mean about that sort of fatigue of, of, of trying to 
just do everything you know trying to trying to get everything in for the next season or, or and, and yeah. how does that affect you i think so i think it's like uh it's tricky the so we'll go back to the social media thing mm. is this year especially i've noticed it more in myself where i have been so jealous of so many things that other people have managed to successfully grow this year where i've pretty much had no veg produce one mm. because i grew all the veg in pots for the show and then there was a major yeah. time we had no water yeah. two i've been so busy with so many other things like leaving my job and everything else i don't have the time that i used to have for the allotment so yeah. this year especially i've compared my space to everyone else's more than ever and in previous years as well where you've tried so hard to grow something and everyone else has managed it and you're like well why am I even bothering like mm -hmm. I can't get this right it's so frustrating and I think that it's kind of you always want to do more and you want to make the most of the space and you want to cram as much as you possibly can in and then you grow loads of stuff and then you can't do enough with it and it's kind of this is making it sound really negative, but I think that they're, they're the kind of things you usually build to that allotment fatigue where loads of my veg has gone mouldy because I've not managed to eat it quick enough. The things that I was really excited about growing haven't grown as well as I'd mm -hmm. hoped. And then it's all those things because it's the end of the season and everything's dying off. You don't have those signs of life popping up in the spring and everything's starting to look dead and brown and covered in weeds. So it's it's a hard time of year to kind of reevaluate and go, look, it's just the time of year. This will always happen. It, it, really interesting about <clears throat> and I think this 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 plays into what social media does and is doing and how we use it I think where where and, and, you know and certainly you know my my um the work I do in, in you know in gardening the stuff I've been successful in doing in the last few, few years has come from because I have a social media presence so there is a sort of pressure there which which I'm which I'm conscious of trying not to always focus on because it can be quite damaging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've got a 10 month old baby now and I don't have half as much time to go out into the garden, take pictures, you know, um, do loads of jobs. I just, but, but I beat myself up about that. Yeah. But, but then it's like, no, you know, you, you do what you can do, stay true to yourself, stay, stay you know, you, the garden will always be there. There's always next year, always next season. If you don't get the tulips in, you don't get the tulips in you know and it, and it and it's about i think i'm learning there's still a bit of work to do but i'm learning not to go too hard on myself in that respect mm -hmm. i think because you know things do look dead out there i've got a load of weeds i've got half the garden which i was wanting some more raised beds in that i haven't managed to do this year and and it doesn't it doesn't look great for a picture but that doesn't that doesn't matter that really doesn't matter mm -hmm. um so that's quite interesting i think that's what we all get wrapped up in though yep. and last few weeks especially I've been really really trying because I it, from the from the beginning like I don't know um I don't actually know how you came to set up your Instagram account but mm. from the beginning I wanted it purely as a I take too many photos and I want to be able to see the progress square by square yeah I thought no one had ever follow it because everyone was laughing at me when I take them on my allotment I was like it's just for me yeah and I always said if I stop enjoying it then I won't do it and then there was probably a few months in the middle of the year where I was so busy and I was like, oh, I have to go too long because I didn't have anything to share. And then I was going there and I was and I could tell that my heart wasn't in it. Whereas I, now I'm back to I will only share a photo of something that I'm genuinely doing mm -hmm. that I'm I, like a photo where I would have taken it before without Instagram because I would have wanted yeah. that picture. Yeah. And then my my captions are always just my complete outward rambling thoughts. 
mm. as opposed to like a, oh everyone else is talking about this so i'm also going to talk yeah. about this and i'm going to go and specifically take a photo for that yeah i can hear i hear you, I hear you on all of that i hear you absolutely i went through this sort of weird period of like oh i i i i you know baby was born daughter was born so i i i, I haven't i haven't I haven't told the world that i've been in the garden yeah so well, that doesn't matter and why does that matter and why is there that pressure and 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 I, and and i get it because because people were engaging interacting and enjoying the content i was making which which made me feel nice and good and like i was doing something for them and i was helping them understand you know gardening for mental health or whatever and then and then i i i sort of you know, I, I, if anyone hasn't seen the stuff I do, um, a start, it really started off as me dancing around, really, dancing around in the garden, which wasn't, which wasn't sharing any tips. I wasn't telling people how to garden. It was just my expression, really, of how the garden makes me feel. Um, and I stopped doing that, actually, for a long while, because, well, one, because it's quite time-consuming. <laughs> so what, what song and what dance can I do in the garden today? And, but then I had a bit of an existential crisis where I just thought, what's that doing now it's not you know i'm not telling anyone how to grow their blah 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 blah, blah. but i thought well, that's not what i do that's not what i've ever done that's not you know it's i make people feel good and that's why people connect with me so i did a, i did a dance thing i did a bit of dancing the day and people were like oh we've missed this we've missed these moves and i, I don't know it's just about maybe i'd overthought that a bit and it was about and and actually it's it's originally you know that account for me was about well originally actually it was about i just moved into the house and i wanted to show people how i was going to build a path <laughs> and then suddenly lockdown comes and i do a bit of a dance to show how joyous the garden would make me feel and it and it, and it exploded but um but yeah it's almost going back to basics and thinking i just just do what i want to do for me mm-hmm. you know? and i think as well it's really important to remember that like the great thing about the community we have is that everyone is doing something different yes and that is what's important because if everyone was doing the same thing i always this sounds like a really slate lifestyle influencer type people but i find that those the lifestyle type influencers is all the same they're doing the same thing and it's very similar and like lots of outfits and things like that but yeah. we have the same kind yeah. of format whereas actually in like the gardening space mm. you've got someone's doing no dig someone's doing permaculture someone's yeah. just doing really traditional gardening someone's growing giant veg someone's growing flowers and everyone's doing something slightly different in their own way yeah. but we're all kind of like that's really great you you keep on doing you yes yeah and i don't have to do exactly what you're doing and you don't have to do exactly what i'm doing but we can all still be friends and still love seeing what's going on mm. and it is a great community of people it is i mean it, it and and my God, did they support my mental health during COVID? I mean, that's something I don't talk about enough, actually, is how that community, the online community, which, which can be so, you know, can be vilified and damaging and in, in some areas, but actually in our space, it's wonderfully positive, wonderfully supportive. Big shout out. There you go. Big shout out to all the community. You're the best. <laughs> You're the best. We love you. Um, so anyway, yeah. So, yeah, I just I think it, it's interesting. So going back to your story, um, mm. can you tell us about your growing space? You've mentioned a few things about kind of what you have at the moment. But you're really lucky to have literally a garden on your doorstep. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, mine's, oh, I did, did measure it the other day, but I can never remember what the measurements are. It's, it's a, it, I live in an end of terrace. It's a Victorian end of terrace house. So it's like a, you know, a narrow, fairly long 
um, on one side of the space. It's quite a large garage wall for next doors of the garage. <coughs> um, and there's a wall at the back. Um, so on that, I mean, which makes, you know, I don't get loads of sun. I think it's north, it's north facing actually, north facing garden. Um, so, but, but when I moved in, it was lawn. It was, um, you know, the lawn with a, with, a, with a board around the edge with a couple of random daffodils. And that was it. Um, and a tree stump, actually, right at the end that, that the owner, previous owners had just cut down. Um, the tree stump was the main inspiration, <coughs> sorry, for me, because I wanted to have that space, almost like a wildlife area. Dug a pond right at the bottom of it um, uh, uh, and sort of started from there. Um, and it's evolved. It really has evolved. I am... You know, gardeners, it, gardening, it makes you slow down, but I'm very impatient. I am impatient. I think that's why I like gardening, because it because I have to sort of just slow down. And um, and it's evolved because it started off with me just growing a load of veg. The whole space was just raised beds I'd made out of old bits of pallet. Mm -hmm. and, I, and in the first year, I grew beans and, and, and courgettes and, and cabbages and carrots and everything else. And then the year after, I wanted, I'd been to Chicago or, or I'd been somewhere and I'd looked at some really deep, wavy borders with, with grasses and geraniums. And I decided I wanted that. So then I changed it. I got rid of all the beds, moved the beds to the front a bit in a little space and then had this sort of wavy border going on at the back with a, with a big composting area. And then, it, and then that changed again because I came up with this idea of the giving garden. Um, which uh, needs raised beds for it um, for me to grow other people's flowers um so then that's what it is really now we've got raised beds on the left hand side spacer raised beds on the right hand side i've still got my sort of experimental border behind that and then still the pond and the wildflower area um, with a very small shed which is in need of, of a lot of repair or replacement but i've got a big huge bt telegraph pole as well at the back which means I can't get a lot in between that and the wall. I've got this gap where I can't really fit much of a shed. But anyway, so that's, it, it, it's a constantly evolving space, but that's how I garden. Mm -hmm. That's my, you know, I like to, I, I don't think, I don't think a garden is ever static. Well, it's not static. A garden isn't static. It's constantly evolving, constantly changing as you develop new ideas or get excited about something new or want to try something out. So it, it's, it isn't, it's always almost a construction site <laughs> in the sense of, you know, not necessarily rubble, but in, in terms of trying out different combinations, flowers, things. So, yeah. I think that's half the fun of gardening, though. It's a job yeah. that's to be done because there will always be something. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love it when people come over because lots of my friends have very, very, I think, preconceived ideas about what a garden, you know, a back garden looks like. And they come to the back window and they're sort of a bit, oh, because it is, because I also like, I like, I like wild and overgrown and I garden for wildlife. So I don't do prim and proper. I haven't got a lawn. I don't like grass. Um, so, so that's not for me. So it's wild and in the summer it's everywhere. And <laughs> you just you could just tell when friends are like, oh, oh yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> but you know, it, it's not it's not for them. No, so. absolutely not. You have to find what works for you. Absolutely. Um, so tell us a bit more about the Giving Garden and where that <coughs> started. And I mean, I don't know if you're open to talk about where it's going, but. Well, I, where it's going. Let's talk about where it's going in a minute, because I've not really got a clue at the moment. <laughs> but, um, 
Giving Garden came from this community, the, the wonderful community we spoke about in lockdown that were helping me and supporting me. I was getting loads of messages from people that were not gardeners, not into, hadn't done gardening, didn't know how to get started, but also didn't have space. Um, but they were saying that they were watching what I was doing and were really moved and it was really positive and they were liking that I was sort of connecting it, you know, with mental health and, and, and all that sort of thing. So I decided to test out what if I could grow a selection of plants and flowers as sort of symbols of positive mental health for other people. They didn't have to worry about growing plants and flowers. They didn't have to worry about, um, about you know, um, yeah, finding space or whatever. I would grow them f something for them and hopefully that they would then be inspired to then maybe grow in the future or, 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 or whatever. Um, so I floated this idea amongst, I think I announced it on my Instagram or something and, and, and got so much great feedback. My wife designed stuff on um, SketchUp, I think. So she put together a sort of mock-up of what the garden would look like if I was going to transform it into a space to grow plants on people. Um, Woodblocks kindly sponsored several of the raised beds. So um, I've got some lovely Woodblocks sleeper beds here. And I then created the website and came up with 10 plants and flowers that all had a connection to mental health in some way or well-being or positivity. So they were all annuals. So it was... Um, cornflower it was um echinacea it was uh, cosmos it was but they all had a or sunflowers a symbolic meaning kind of happiness or you know long life or actually I didn't they weren't all annuals actually i had other things like a lemon balm and various other things in there um uh but yeah so i posted them on on the website and what people could do is nominate someone that they a friend family member whoever was going through a bit of a tough time that maybe needed a bit of a pick-me-up go on there go yeah i want i want jenny to have echinacea grown for her because i think that jenny's a ray of hope and she's a wonderful human being or whatever so I had all these nominations come in which were lovely and they're on i posted them online and and you can see what people have written about about the people that they're nominating and then i grew them and every and people got an update video or a blog post or a picture of how their flower or the plant was doing and then now I'm just in the process of literally in front of me, my, my wife does calligraphy on the side. So now people are getting the seeds or the pressed flower as a sort of keepsake that's going to be sent to the people that were nominated. Hopefully in, that, that inspires them to maybe connect with gardening in the future. So that's what happened this year. Next year, there, there's a lot of logistics around that. You know, things like the website and how people nominate and all that that I think can be tweaked. But I think fundamentally there's something still interesting in what I was what I've done there. And um, because it was so popular this year, people loved it. I was getting so nice messages that you know people had shared the video with their friend and they were really excited about seeing their sunflower grow or whatever. So so yeah, so I, what's this space? I don't I might just talk it through a bit with someone. <laughs> Maybe we can do it after. <laughs> um, but yeah, but but there, there's certainly certainly more of the giving garden to come. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's a really lovely idea. And like you say, for those people who don't necessarily have growing spaces or even the people that are a little bit scared to try, yeah, that you can kind of show them the process and the journey and they can have the magic and then hopefully they can... Yeah, and I, I do want that, you know, hopefully it does inspire because then you can they can use the seeds, even if they, you know, start growing stuff on a windowsill or, or just, just, just try out, just try out. And, and, and it's about maybe just making it, really accessible it, it, with with the resources that i have you know i'd love to be able to run a community garden space 
where I could invite people to come and garden with me. And but I mean, maybe in the future that's what I'll do with myself. But I, but yeah, for now, I really wanted to use my garden to help other people in some way. So it, it's an evolving process, as my garden is, as I've mentioned. But um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, very exciting evolving. Yeah, process. I love that you're talking about community gardens as well. I have spoken to so many people in the last couple of months about community gardens and I just feel like someone needs to reinvigorate what I'm sure that there used to be a lot by the sounds of things yeah. there used to be a lot of them but they just weren't really maintained but now that we've got so many people that are dead keen into gardening all across the country I just feel yeah, like we need a, we need a movement need a, a revival maybe we should start a movement yeah I mean there's lots of I visited a community orchard the other day um, which is some, something I've, I know, know about but never come across, actually. Um, and that was wonderful. And there is a sort of national organisation of community orchards, I think. I agree. There's something that, that they had money in the millennium for, for, to plant them. And, so there's almost, there must be something. If anyone's listening um, that knows about this, um, then do get in touch. Because, I, yeah, I think yeah, there's loads of us out there that are hungry to run community garden spaces. Definitely. I, I, I'd take one tomorrow if I could. Oh yeah, same. We've been talking about it so much recently, but I also, I don't know if you've seen them, you must have done because they're brilliant, but there is uh, an Instagram account called Roots Allotments um, in Bristol. Potentially, make rings a bell. Yep. They have started an amazing kind of like new allotment system um, where there's lots of support and there's like a big tent in the middle of the field. And they do oh, like, they, they've got like Charles Dowding who offers videos and kind of that support of like, it's not just a patch of grass that you're right. left to do. Great, right, great, right, great. Right. That's There's good. Support and they can give you on-demand watering, on-demand weeding. They'll deliver wow. bulk to your plot each year for wow. like for fees and things. But I just think they've really, really got something right in making it accessible. And because I, I keep saying this, families come to my allotments all the time. They take on a plot and for the first two weeks, they go absolutely nuts and they clear so much and they get so much done and then family life gets in the way and you never see them again and then the renewal comes up and another family comes over and does yeah. the exact same yeah, yeah, yeah. So there needs to be more support for those people who are a bit more entry level i've just um, followed them they're brilliant it's right i can't think exactly who it's run by i think it's like mitch Crow's jack's patch oh i know yeah, i know mitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. and they've just done a fantastic job of it so yeah if you don't follow them already, they are. I am just following them. Oh, okay. It's the it's the it's the, oh, it's the gang. That, oh, they're great, amazing, and so inspiring because it just it just feels fresh and vibrant and exciting. I just want to get involved in it right now. Same, and it's got that real community spirit. Mm. With the tent in the middle and kind of everything there. It's less about you being an individual allotment holder and more about that yeah. kind of like sharing and community doing spirit. it together. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it's brilliant. I think community community allotments or things like that just there's something on the edge of where we are yeah. that is going to be a, a game changer. That's exciting. How exciting is that? That's exciting. Very exciting, really, isn't it? But yeah. it's just it's just great to hear someone else also talking about that similar kind of theme. Because my 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 my, my you know I'm, I work in the arts professionally. Um, and I'm doing a lot more around nature and climate um, with my arts practice and with my, um, we, we, we tour a lot of outdoor work. I've worked a lot with the New Forest National Park and some stuff. And I think there's a space, that there's a field where we can bring 
artists together with gardeners, um, you know, to with with mental health practitioners to create this really vibrant space that's growing produce and offering artistic opportunities and residences, but also, um, yeah, uh, tips and, and courses. I think I think I, I I want to do that now. I want to set it up now, but um, yeah, I, I, there's there's something there's definitely something there. It might already happen somewhere, but I think that, that yeah, and, that's the thing. More of it. Until you start speaking to people, you don't necessarily know. I didn't know about the roots allotment until I was telling someone else about an idea that I had, I really wanted to do, and they said, oh, have you seen? Um, I definitely think we need to chat again after the podcast about a few ideas. We absolutely do. There's so much going on. Um, But going back to you and your growing space, I would love to know about some of your favourite things to grow, uh, whether you prefer the flowers, the veg, what's your kind of like diehard desert island? (sighs) Um, if I'm going for my, so I really like growing veg uh, and herbs. Had a, I had a really great herb patch actually before the Gilling Garden turned up. Um, yeah. And now I've got, you know, now, now I've got, now I'm a dad, now I've got a, a, a child. I really want um, her to understand where her food comes from, um, how to eat well, eat, eat and eat from scratch. And I think for me, um, growing stuff that you will use and that you enjoy is, is a fundamental for gardening rather than growing what you think everyone else wants you to grow. I think that's really important. Yeah. So um, I've never grown dahlias just because I can't, I don't know, I can't seem to for some reason. Um, I don't think I've given it enough of a go, um, but they just look good on a picture, don't they? But, but, but I'm, not, it's, they're not, I'm not hugely into dahlias. Um, so I potentially, you know, won't grow them. Um, <laughs> but alliums. I'm a big fan. They're my, my best crop this well, year. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but yeah, not yeah. Well, it's maybe fine. Not. Uh, alliums. I love an alliums, but because um, I like I like I like I like dried flowers as well. I, mm. I really like I really like you know dried sea heads, sea heads and things. And so, so things that I can eat, things that I can use, things that I can grow and bring indoors and, and keep that and keep the sort of life life of that plant alive a bit. Things that I can press. Um, but yeah, her- herbs, herbs for me, I-, I love a sort of, I'd love a, again, something else I'd love. I'd love, I just want everything. I'd love a sort of like a, a, a monastic medicinal herb garden, mm-hmm. you know, like a sort of old medieval. Yeah. Herb. I mean, I'd love, I love places like that, you know, um, with the sort of neat box hedge sort of around it, you know. Um, so yeah, so herbs, I, I grew a wonderful pineapple sage for years and years and years, which I haven't got anymore, which, which smelt like orange squash, weirdly, which, which just looked wonderful, tasted wonderful, smelt wonderful. And I think for me, growing, growing plants that tickle all the senses like that mm-hmm. are, are, are things that I like growing. Definitely. Yeah. I do think herbs are like such a sensory experience mm. in all the school gardens we've gone into we've gone and done like herb sensory spirals or herb paths yeah. things like that yeah. and whenever we do we did after school club yesterday and we made nature brooms for Halloween oh, nice. it was basically I just cut loads of greenery from the allotment and like flowers and dahlias just whatever was kind of like ready at that time and we tied them onto the edge end of bamboo, bamboo canes and they were running around the garden with their little Oh, nice. That sounds great. Everyone was so excited by the rosemary because they were like, oh, mm. that smells nice. Oh, what's that? And then we planted garlic 
into parts to ward off the vampires. Yeah, great. Everyone's there going, it smells like garlic bread. Why does it smell like garlic bread? And then they're like, oh my God, garlic, yeah. garlic bread. That, yeah. That's what makes garlic bread. I mean, that's that, that's amazing. Those, those light bulby moments when you see people make that connection for the first time. I remember vividly dad bringing home some tomato plants when I was about 11, 12. And him telling me that, that that's a tomato. And I was like, what? So we can get ketchup from, from this plant, you know, and, and just and just having that whoa moment. Yeah. That I mean, that is wonderful. And I can't wait to have that with my daughter. Definitely. You know, as, as she sort of understands that the dried herbs in the jar that we sprinkle on dishes actually come from outside and plants. And so, yeah, yeah so that's the stuff I love growing. Um, so before we go, we have to talk about, obviously, Hampton Court Palace. Yes. We had our magic moment where I can't even think how many of us there was together. It was one of those real community moments. It was us, Gem the country nurse. Yep. Uh, Effie, Kale over high water. Yep. Was My sister. Was, yep. was there someone else there? I'm so sorry if I've forgotten someone else that was there. We, but it was, yeah. it was just a real, we were all so excited, stood on my garden by the edge of my garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you had your stage at the, yeah. um, the potting tent. Yeah. Potting, tent potting potting bench. I, yeah. Potting bench. Potting bench. I mean, Hampton Court, I mean, I, I've, been, I've been to Hampton Court before um, the previous year, but for, what was nice about that was you suddenly, you know, we, we all really emerged as we talked about during lockdown, really. Um, and we met, you know, it's been speaking online for, for ages and then suddenly you meet people and it's just, it was either you or someone else. It was like, I just, just like we've always known each other. Yeah. That's a bit cliche, but it was. It was. And, and for me, people, there was people that we, we ran towards each other and hugged like long, yeah. long friends that we had never yeah. met each other in real life ever. I know. I know. It, 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 and I'm really excited about that in the summer again. I, I, I just, I, you know, for, for, I think I think garden shows, um, you know, I think they are they're interesting places and interesting experiences and great and great just days out. Actually. Mm -hmm. And but for me, obviously, I was working Hampton Court, so um, that was a whole amazing experience that I absolutely loved. And you come and spoke on the stage Thanks. with me, Thanks. which was great. That's fine. It was brilliant. Um, and that was that. Yeah, that was a really it was a really brilliant experience. Actually. It was. It, it was just amazing. And I think as well, because there was quite a few of like our little community that were doing stuff here, there and everywhere. You yeah. Ellen Mary gardening in the yep. World Green Tent. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was quite a few people and it was just so like we were I was so proud of everyone else who was there. Yeah. Having like broken through that traditional horticultural barrier. Yep. And I mean, uh, my one of my favourite things from the whole show was the shock of people when they'd come to my little garden and they'd go wait, you're, you're the gardener? And I'm like, yeah? And they're like, yeah. oh, oh, well, and it was basically, you're young and female, how on earth have you got into this? I was like, oh, yeah. okay, cool, well, you know, thank you anyway. I know, it felt to me like it's like one of those sort of summer camps, because mm. I was, because you were there as well for, for a few days, weren't you? Yeah. Um, and I was, you know, staying there all week, and for me it was like, oh, wake up again go and the weather was glorious and i'll oh, go and around some gardens before any of the public get there yeah. you know and just chill out and it was it was just like an almost surreal experience it was if, if 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 you haven't been to a garden show um 
do try and get in not just the RHS ones, there are many others, but um, they are a great experience. I find. The of, the, there, of the RHS ones, though, I would say Hampton Court is definitely, yeah, it feels the most, um, I don't even know what the word is. It, it's, it's big, it's big, and it, well, actually, I've never, I haven't been to Melbourne or, or, or um, what's the other one, Tatton, Tatton, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know what that was like. Um actually I've only been to Chelsea and Hampton Court. So actually comparing I mean Chelsea we could do a whole podcast about Chelsea. But um, but yeah, Hampton Court it's a nice vibe. Yeah, because it's the garden festival now as well. I feel like it's yeah. a lot more kind of like interactive and like about the, the guests rather than just the garden. So I think it's it's a really nice kind of I mean I'll be sad if I go again as a guest, but <laughs> Being yes. a part of that yes. show bubble is just yeah. the best, yeah. Yeah, the best yeah. experience. Even I remember if you're I was high vis and still toe cap boots for the build days. Yeah, and then, but then having that real joy of people coming and just chatting and being interested in what you've created definitely is amazing. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah, and yeah. the people who were buzzing about No Dig who had never heard of it. Yeah, and I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. at Hampton Court this year, a lot of people because there are so many people embracing No Dig principles. The conversations about it were everywhere. It's weird because I think we existed. I exist in a sort of bubble where you just sort of assume everyone does know about it. Yeah, but yeah, but it's but it's yeah, people don't, do they? So it's it's just it's good to sort of keep banging the drum. Definitely, um, but yeah, and it was I, just, great. I just have a memory of, of doing a silent disco with Greg James <laughs> on the, the last night or the second to last night. It was turned up hours after hours. That's it. Yeah. God. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. Oh, geez. that was good. Such a brilliant event. I cannot <laughs> wait for next year. Yeah, see you there. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, so before we go, have mm. you got any exciting plans for the garden for next year? Things you're really looking forward to? Um well, I'm I I'm hoping to be back at Hampton Court next year. Mm -hmm. Um I'm talking to the RHS about what that looks like at the moment. So who knows? I mean I was, it was a thrill to be invited last year. So, you know, I'm happy with that. But if they want me back, if they want me to do something, then great, for all the reasons we've just said. Um, um, so hopefully that'll, that'll be good. Um, I'll, I'll keep, you know, I really want to develop Giving Garden. Um, I need to get my act together, though, because I need to sort of, sort of identify how people can get involved in that fairly swiftly before the spring is upon us. Um, but it might mean that I just have to have a little bit of a, a thinking and session with a few people <laughs> just to see what Giving Garden looks like. Um, what else is going on? Have you done your spring bowls for the spring? Again? Have you done your spring bowls? Are you doing spring bowls? I've, 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 put, I've put some alliums in. That's as far as I got. Um, I have ordered 200 tulips um, and some daffodils. No, daffodils I haven't got this year, um, which aren't here yet. So literally, that's where I am. <laughs> I haven't ordered mine yet, so. No, it's not not as well well planned as I I could be, but um. A month old baby, so. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. But she's just gone to nursery now, so we do have a little bit more free time of the day. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so 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 therein, I I must this I must this year. I need to really need to be doing it now. I think, but I really want to want to redig the pond because the pond is in a cut is in like a pre made prefab liner thing. It just doesn't work, and I've always wanted to make a bigger pond, but. It's one of the jobs that I must get around to um, this year. Uh, so, yeah, 
that's that's what's happening in my life at the moment doing odd bits like this as well which is always amazing to talk to other people um, definitely always so inspiring to like hear what other people are doing and i just love it when you when you spark off on a conversation point like community gardens well that that's yes. yeah ooh, i'm just just in my head now yeah same mm. i have got to go and plant 450 tulip bulbs at a garden job in a minute um wow and i'm buzzing but i will be there just thinking about how will you formulate the plan while you're planting them and then we can talk about it <laughs> <laughs> we'll create the movement well, great thank badges. you so much for your time it's been wonderful to chat again thank you it's been great that's been really nice thank you If you've enjoyed listening today, please do subscribe to keep up to date with upcoming episodes and leave a review. Each share, comment and star rating makes such a difference in helping new growers to find the podcast and learn from all of the incredible guests who have been featured. In the meantime, I'd love to hear any of your stories and questions on Instagram at Diary of a Lady Gardener or via email diaryofaladygardener at gmail.com. That's all from me this week. Happy growing! Happy growing!